Hey, you are tuned in to another episode of Women Who Boss Up. This is where I have conversations with women who rise above and become bosses. Now, today, my guest is Candace Nelson. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. I'm blessed and feeling good. I know it is. It is. <laughs> so you've done a lot. Let me give a little bit of background. She is the founder and CEO of Anthony Adams House. She has over 26 years of experience working with at-risk youth. She has an extensive background working in both secondary and post-secondary education. She's majored in television production, hosted a local television show. She owns a real estate company, non-medical transport, and special events business, all under her name, Anthony Adams House. Yes. Now, you do a lot. I do a lot. You do, you do. (laughs) So let me start off by asking you, what was life like growing up for you? So growing up, life for me growing up, um, it was like a 50-50. I'm an only child, so a lot of times it was a lot of loneliness. But I have a big family, so spent a lot of time with my cousins growing up. So life for me as a youth, life was good. Life was fun. Life was fun at some point. At some point. <laughs> as an as a only child, was life easy for you? Yes and no. Yes and no. I grew up with my grandmother. My grandmother raised me up until I was like 12 years old. Um, so... Yeah, because I didn't have a lot of that sibling rivalry mm-hmm. that people complain about from big families. Mm-hmm. But then, like I said, it's that also that con to it because it has a lot of loneliness to it. So, yes and no. Yes and no. I can understand. My son is an only child. So, yeah. you know, some days I know he feel like, I remember when he was like five, he was like, Mom, when are you going to have me a little sister or a brother? <laughs> <laughs> I got him a dog. Okay. <laughs> and so the dog stayed with him until he graduated. The year he graduated, the dog died. But I, in, in my mind, because I wasn't married and I wasn't trying to have a whole bunch of kids. Yeah. This is what you're getting right now. Right. Yeah, no, like, like my grandmother, like I said, my grandmother, she had 10 children. So her house was always full of people. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it was fun. It had its easy moments, but then I had my trials, as we'll talk about in a little bit. So <laughs> Exactly, most definitely. Now, let's talk about Anthony Adams' house. How did the idea come about? So let me give you a little background about Anthony Adams' house first. Anthony Adams, uh, that is my father. Mm -hmm. My father passed away of a heart attack June 4th of 2015. Okay. And so so that is where the name Anthony Adams came from, Anthony Adams' house. Anthony Adams' house is a shelter for homeless and runaway youth between the ages of 12 and 18. So now as a youth, like I said, I, I did at a certain point... It hit a rough spot in Mm -hmm. my teenage years. From the period of, let's say, 14 to 16, maybe 17, I went through the runaway portion of it. And so while I was going through that, uh, my father, he, you know, he was always in my life. You know, sometimes I hear people talk about that their father was absent. And I can't relate to that because, you know, Tony was there. Like, he was active. He was a good father to me. And so when he passed away, I named the organization after him. He left a small life insurance policy. And so I felt like this was my way of giving back. You know, just at the time when I was going through the most, he showed the most love and compassion to me. Not saying that he agreed with my running away. Mm-hmm. or any disrespect that um, I was displaying to my mother, but just just the different handling. And even after a teen, like, we were always 
we always had a good relationship. You know, we traveled, did dinner together, you know, hung out together. He was just, you know, I'm from Michigan City, so people know my father. You know, he's homegrown and T.A., you know, that's what they call him. And so when he passed away, it just left a, a huge impact on everybody that he loved. So doing this organization, and like I said, um, as a, a way to show him some honor and respect, I felt like it was only right, and then also to as what I went through, hopefully to be able to make a difference with the youth that might be experiencing what I went through, sometimes something different even. Like my thing was it was a lot of conflict in the home. It wasn't, you know, neglect from my mother or abuse, um, but it was just extreme conflict. And as a teen, I felt like running away was my only option. Okay. So you ran away. How long were you gone? So when I would run away, I would do what we call now couch surfing. That means like I would bounce from this person's house, that person's house. Sometimes I, I, I mean, I was pretty crafty. Like I would could be gone for weeks. Okay. Weeks. When I first started running away, here's what was different about it. I would run away to my grandmother's house, mm -hmm. you know, and... I think as long as my mother kind of knew I was there, she was okay with it. But then it came a, a point where the police had to get involved because it was just being too repetitive with me. I would they bring back home, I would leave. I would go back to my grandmother's house. But then it became a point where I couldn't go her, to her home anymore because the police would started started coming there. Couldn't go to my father's house, so I would couch surf. And my running away got so extensive too. I I was in jail. I'd get out of jail. They tried to place me back with my mother. I wasn't happy. I would run away again. So eventually I got sent away to this place called White's Institute. Um, that's in White's, Indiana. I was there for like a year. And I had a really good probation officer, surprisingly. A lot of people say, oh, probation, you know, kids, they don't think. I had a good probation officer. She just kind of felt like, you know, she and I are friends to this day were so you know, and we kind of still work in the same field. Awesome. Yeah, she just felt like there was something different there mm -hmm. because I wasn't in trouble in school. I wasn't out, you know, stealing, doing drugs, committing crimes. It was just conflict in the home. So she told me, she says, listen, you're here. The, the court ordered you to be here. Do this when you come out, Candace, like you'll be 17, almost 18. Just do what you need to do. Get to, and then you can go stay with your grandmother, you mm -hmm. know, just, just knock it off. So, yeah, I, I would kind of be gone for some time until it just became a point to where the courts had to do something. Okay. You know, in my program, Anthony Adams House, you know, we work with the youth and their families. And so when I, you know, just counsel and talk to the parents, you know, one thing I've stressed across the board, you know, when I went through that, it was in the 80s. Mm -hmm. You're talking about 85, 86s, 60s. That was a very different time, a very different world. Exactly. You know, I mean, we had things coming up with kids. Kids would come up missing. But in this day with the trafficking, yes. the, the gun violence, mm -hmm. the, the things that's out there that the youth encounter and that the youth face, you know, I tell parents all the time, it is okay to reach out for services, reach out to other organizations if something is going on to get that support, right? to get what's needed. Because you don't want your kid out here running away, exactly. you know, feeling like that that's their only option. Do you feel that parents don't reach out for resources because they don't want people to know their business? They don't want people in their business. They don't want people coming in and telling them what to do. A lot of times they're in denial about where they are. You know, sometimes we encounter families, parents, it's drug abuse, mm -hmm. you know. 
they think what works for them works for the kid, and it doesn't. You know, I tell people all the time, a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 7-year-old mind is only going to be able to process at that level. Exactly. They cannot process like adults and feel like, okay, well, you know, this will blow over. We can know. They, they're there in that moment. So, yeah, we encourage parents, it's okay to reach out. You know, we're here for a purpose. Exactly. That's great. So tell me, what is unique about Anthony Adams House? The population that we serve, our primary focus is homeless and runaway youth. Mm -hmm. That program is nationwide, but in this area, that service is so few. But just the population we serve and the fact that the director has gone through that. Which is big. I mean, because (laughs) as you bring runaways through your house, you have that story to tell as well. Yes. And a lot of the youth, when they find out, because they just see Miss Candace. That's mm-hmm. what they, they just see Miss Candace. But they don't know, a lot of them don't know that there's a backstory mm-hmm. until they get to talk to me. Because a lot of times they feel like, oh, you just here for, or you just, you know, no, I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a reason because I went through this. Right. And so when they hear my story, it humbles them and it makes them okay to talk to me because I've been through it. Okay, great. That's awesome. Yeah. That That's good. Okay, so what was your key driving force to becoming an entrepreneur? I think just my my spirit, like, <laughs> this is kind of comical in a sense because I've always felt like jobs just were not for me. Mm-hmm. I've always struggled, you know, because I can get, like, what they call, you know, a job. I've always been able to get them, but I just always felt like there was something so much more for me out here than just kind of, a job, as they say. So I would get jobs and just be like, you know what, this is for the birds. I I just can't sit here like this, you know. And so I've always known that there was something I was going to do. As you you know, like I have a degree in television production. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to be an actress. But I I just always felt like it is something different for me, you know, owning the company versus just Working, Working. yeah. So, um, and like I said, when my father passed away, I've always worked with the youth. Like you said, 26 years. Really, actually more than that if you think about my life experience. But my first position was at the Boys and Girls Club. Okay. I was a program coordinator for them. And so, you know, Boys and Girls Club, that's their primary focus, also at-risk youth. Mm -hmm. So, um, and something, if if you look at my background, something always kept pulling me back to working with the kids. Okay. You know, I would do different things, but then I would trickle back to working with the kids. So, like I said, when my father passed away, I said, you know what? It's time. Uh-huh. It's time. So. Okay, great. <laughs> now, you keep talking about going back to the youth. So, obviously, that's where your heart and passion that's is. That's my heart and passion. So, you are also a community educator. Yes. How important is it for youth to create positive relationships? It's very important because... When you're a youth, your crowd will make it or break you. Mm -hmm. So the program that I teach, and that's a program through Franciscan, Mm -hmm. Creating Positive Relationships, we stress the importance of hanging with youth that encourage you to do the right thing, even at that age. It's, It's hard to find youth because of that peer pressure thing. You know, everybody wants to fit in. Nobody, no kid wants to be the odd person out. But we encourage them to associate themselves with the youth that have the same goals as themselves. If you're an athlete, Mm -hmm. 
Hang with that kid that loves to play whatever sport, if it's basketball, football. Hang with that kid that likes doing that because they're going to encourage you to, when you're going through a tough time, let's go shoot the ball right. or, or let's go, you know, run, track. If it's education, your friend, they're going to say, if you're not doing your schoolwork and they like getting A's, mm-hmm. they're going to encourage you, hey, let's do this work. Right. You know? So it's very important. Your, your crowd will determine what way you go. Now, I'll be honest. When I was going through that runaway, I had some friends that would help me, you know, hide me or whatever you want to call it. But then I had a lot of them like, Candace, no, you need to listen to your mother. You need to. So I did have some positive influences. I just didn't want to you listen. Didn't want, okay. <laughs> that's, and that's key, too, because, you know, youth nowadays, they may have some positive influences, but it's all about that peer pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, or, or just rebellion. That and that it was with me. It was more of a rebellion because I just felt like what, what I was going through wasn't fair to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was like, like I said, I was stuck in the that here and now. I couldn't see beyond that. Right. So basically, you were you were running off of emotions. Yes. Things that were going on. Yes. Okay. Now, not only are you a community educator, you're a CEO of Anthony Adams House, but you, as you stated, you went to school and you majored in television production. And while you were attending Columbia College, you were assigned to Lily's Talent Agency. Yeah, that was a good time in my life. I'm going to tell you something. That experience at Columbia College was the best experience. That was probably the best time in my life because, you know, I'm from Michigan City, such a small town, but I've always been so intrigued by bigger cities, Mm -hmm. those concrete jungles. And so Columbia College is in the heart. And shout out to Columbia College. You know, that's a wonderful program. Anybody that wants to pursue a career in the arts, I tell you, Columbia College, if you're in this area, Columbia College is where you need to be. Whatever it is you want to do, they got it for you. And then, like I said, I was from Michigan City, such a small town. Mm-hmm. You know, I had been to Chicago. What's weird about it, for my 13th birthday, I wanted to go shopping mm-hmm. in Chicago. Okay. And who took me? My daddy. Okay. My daddy. But I've always been intrigued by bigger cities. So going over to Columbia, a friend, in, and, you know, I told a friend that, you know, I've always been interested in acting when I was a kid. You know, I used to watch Facts Alive. I wanted to be Tootie. I wanted to do what she did. <laughs> right. You know, and so he was like, you know what, you need to go down to Columbia. They got this wonderful program. So I go to Columbia. And, man, like I said, that was the best experience. I met so many different people. I met people from other countries because they all come into Columbia. Mm -hmm. And so just that circle that I was with, you know, because I didn't know anything, that circle that I was with, somebody was like, hey, this is what you need to do. You need to get your headshots. Mm -hmm. You need to do this. You need to do that. So that's how I was introduced to Lily's. And that was a whole different experience, too. You know, actually working on film Mm -hmm. on the sets. I was an extra, you know, working on uh, television sets, learning how to operate the equipment. Now, what's so funny? So when I get to Columbia, now I, you know, young Candace, I'm 5'7", slim, didn't have a waistline at the time, you know, just everything in place as I thought. So I I had this advisor, his name was Tim Densmore, and he's, he's passed on now. So he calls me in one time and he says, you know, I check you out. You know, you you cute. You walk in a room, you command a room. And he says, but I'm going to tell you something. In this market, it's a thousand cute Candaces. Right. So what is going to set you apart? 
And he told me, he says, you know, acting is one of those things. If you got it, you got it. If you don't, you don't, Mm -hmm. you know. He says, so get you something that if the in front of the camera thing doesn't work, you can have a career in back of the camera. And sometimes you can work your way in front of the camera starting on the background. Right. So that's how I got into the television production. And I, like I said, I loved it. You know, we Mm -hmm. were running all over Chicago, shooting small films, Mm -hmm. editing. So, yeah, that was a beautiful experience. What happened with uh, Lily Talent, I broke my ankle. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, when they call you out, you have to be ready. Right. You have to be ready. And they actually called me out for something, and I couldn't walk. Even though I went, I tried to bumble through it. Mm. And they were looking at me like, girl, you really came here like this? And they had to release me. Oh, wow. So, but I still enjoyed the time, the experience that I did have with them. So, great. So, did you enjoy more in front of the camera or behind the camera? I enjoyed both. Did you? I did. Equally? Okay. Equally, I enjoyed both. Not not only that, but you co-hosted a local television show called Keeping It Real. Keeping It Real was a, a uh, informational type of program um, that's through IBE, Indiana mm-hmm. Black Expo. And so what we did was we went around and we highlighted once a month, we highlighted small businesses up and coming within the community. So and that was fun, too. Very okay. fun. My co-host, Kevin Donaldson, shout out if, if he's listening, but... Um, it was, like I said, just an opportunity for some businesses to get some uh, spotlight, let them know what they were doing. But, yeah, we had a really good time with that, that too. That's like fun. It was. Highlighting businesses and, you know, just yeah. getting to know what that business, the ins and outs of a business. Exactly. Yes, exactly. exactly. I, can, I can relate to that. <laughs> now, not only that, but you have a radio show currently. So, yeah, I do a show on WIMS where I just come on, and that is Rick Frederiki out uh, in LaPorte County. I, but I think he reaches this area also i'm not sure but just the different frequencies i think he's out here also but that's where i just come on and i talk about what is going on within anthony adams house okay you know i once a month give an update on the program the progress any new services or anything like that okay great so towards the end you can tell me more about what anthony adams house is all about and the services we can go a little bit more into detail now not only founding anthony adams house you own real estate, a non-medical transport, and special events business. So you got your hand in a lot of pots. So t- tell me the experience in real estate, the experience in non-medical transport. Okay, so I'll take it back to the the oldest one, which is the real estate. So while I was working at the Boys and Girls Club, now there's a she she's you know she's an entrepreneur in Michigan City. Her name is Denise Ship Glenn. And while I was working at the Boys and Girls Club, now I've known her all my life, but she used to come there and try to get us to buy homes you know you know become a homeowner let me say and so I I would watch her and you know she drove a big beautiful car she came Mm. in suited and booted as we say I mean it was always together I just enjoyed what she would do she come in she give the information and I said you know I need to understand more about what real estate is about so that is why she was a huge influence on me getting into the real estate market and so once I got into it it was a another different type of love because my joy was working with first-time homebuyers okay and the feeling of helping them 
whatever the journey was, because sometimes people would come to me, credit, they couldn't even finance a moped. And I would uh, link them up with the appropriate person to mm-hmm. help them, okay, this is what you need to do before we can go here. Okay. To get, because, you know, a lot of times they don't understand. They come in looking at $200,000 houses mm-hmm. and they, you know, the credit is not there or the income is not there. Right. So that was always my joy of helping them purchase their first home. And it, it is, it's like a, such a fulfilling experience to know that we started here maybe a year ago. Exactly. And now we're here at the closing table. Through that process also, you know, I'm, I own real estate, you know, I'm a landlord. And more recently, so when the market crashed, you know, I, I put my license in referral. And so through Anthony Adams House, just brainstorming, brainstorming ways to grow this and keep this moving. HUD has a program also for first-time home buyers mm-hmm. and a counseling agency. So I started the real estate company to tie into HUD mm-hmm. because the program, we'll talk more about it, it also deals with the homelessness, the Anthony Adams House. So my, my thinking is person goes through homelessness, if we can get them stable, get them employed, get them in a position to where they can purchase their own home, we got a win-win. Right. Being a landlord, I'll be honest, you know, I don't I don't price gouge. I keep my rents affordable. Mm-hmm. But if you look at some of the prices of the rent now, mm-hmm. I can understand why some people are on the verge of homelessness okay. or getting put out cuz rents is it, it's out of control. It's out of control. Rent con- is very much out of control. But if you look at it, if you purchase a home, like say your rent is tw- your rent is 1200, mm-hmm. that same home you could could have purchased and be paying 600. Exactly. So have something to look forward yeah, to being your exactly. own versus and building your own equity. And see that's in the the HUD certified counseling agency which will be a part of Anthony Adams House. We'll educate them on that also. Okay, great. Now yeah. you said you pitch a real estate license in referral. For those of us that may not know what that means, what does that mean? So that just means that I'm inactive. Okay. You know, I still pay I paid this to keep it. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, us realtors know, like, that real estate license is like a piece of gold because they are not easy to get. That test it's was a, a monster. I, that's what I hear. I know a lot of people. That's, <laughs> that yeah, test one, is a monster. Two, yeah, I, 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 I had yes. to take it twice. I'll mm-hmm. be honest. Like, that first time I took it, I left about that test, questioning myself. I had a headache. <laughs> it was terrible. Yes. Um, but, yeah, the second time. And so, yeah, you, that's one you want to keep. Like, if you if you can pass that test and get that state test, you want to keep that. So that's what I did. I made sure I paid my fees so that I mm-hmm. wouldn't lose it. Okay. And then when it was time, I pulled it out, um, and now I have my own real estate company. Great. It's called AAH, Real Estate and Investment Group. Okay. And so um, so then the second business, the non-emergency, non-emergency medical transport, mm-hmm. part of my program, um, we have to do street outreach. Mm-hmm. We have to offer transportation. Okay. We have to offer that. So my thoughts were, and I don't mean to anybody that is has a non-emergency medical transport business, but my thoughts were, why would I source that out to anybody else when mm-hmm. I, state, federal says I have to do that as part of my program. Okay. So I need to make it part of my program. Right. And we are Medicaid certified. That mm-hmm. was another monster, getting that NDOT certification. <laughs> Getting that cleared, that application, you know, now that I've gone through it, yeah, I could help somebody, but doing it on my own, it was 
it took me about six months to get that. But yeah, why would I outsource that business? Just keep it in house. And, you know, that's another avenue for Anthony Adams. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> and so then the special events, concerts, special events, and in entertainment, that is just another way to raise funds for the program. Okay. Um, because we do, like uh, back in May, we are the ones that had the um, Sugar Ray Leonard Mm-hmm. Gala. We, well, it was our. It was a gala, but Sugar Ray Leonard was our keynote speaker for that event. That was at Blue Chip. It was very nice. And now we have the Smooth Jazz concert coming up. We'll talk about that. But that is just a fundraiser because you know just the reality of it. You know the program. We are a five hundred one c three. We depend on grants, donations, but that may not always be there. So fundraising is always key to have that. Yes, up yes. So that's why, not right? That's why you see those other three, and possibly there will be a fourth businesses surrounding Anthony Adams House is the foundation. But I, I just have to think about other ways of keeping that alive in case federal government says we're not going to give any more grants for that, or the state says, you know what, this is what we're going to give you this year. Okay. Because as as new businesses come in, the state have to has to figure out a way to divide that money up. So last year I may have gotten seventy thousand. This year they might say we well, only getting twenty, right? Because we have other applicants now. So I, I just have to, you know, just be keep thinking of ways to keep the program running. And you seem to be doing all right with that. <laughs> and, and and it's good. It's amazing. I just want to give you your kudos because you know you've encompassed everything into Anthony Adams House. Yes, which is amazing. Yes. Now. Tell me, how important is it to be active in your community? It is very important to be active in your community uh, for several different reasons. You know, I tell people, I don't know if people know a lot about Michigan City. Uh, Michigan City, we're small. We're growing. We're, you know, trying to do some different things to, you know, grow the population, the economics. But if you want to see a difference within your community, you have to be active. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't complain when you ain't in it. Exactly. You <laughs> cannot complain. You can have a voice, but yeah. if you're not actively participating and letting your voice be heard. Exactly. Then, then what you're doing? You're doing? Complaining. Yeah, then all you're doing is complaining, which is not going to solve anything. So, yeah, it's very important to be active within the community. And like I said, Anthony Adams, to let people know about the program, mm-hmm. I have to be out there and be active. You know, now I can say I will give the Michigan Township trustee a shout out because that's where my office is located. Mm-hmm. And through them, sending referrals to the program, Ah. it has grown so much because people were like, well, we didn't even know you were here. Uh Okay. So I'm kind of like, you know, well, I am in their office, but I'm one of their resources. Mm -hmm. And so through them, Anthony Adams House has grown so much. That's good. Yeah. And then just being out, you know, being on this show, WIMS, you know, people are learning more about the program. Exactly. Exactly. So tell me. Once again, we say you do a lot, a lot. So tell me, what do you do for self-care? Self-care, which is very important, you know, and definitely as we get older. I'm not ashamed, people. I am 51, you know, so the body, even though I look, you know. You don't look 51. Yeah, that's what I get. What? I thought you were 30, and I appreciate those compliments. Please believe that. Yes. But it's the reality. So the 51-year-old body is going to do the 51-year-old body, so it's very important. And I can't say I got it down packed or perfect with it, but self-care for me now is monthly massages. Okay, yes, I can relate. (laughs) Monthly, and I wish I could do it bi-monthly, but I get those monthly massages. Sometimes self-care for me is taking a long ride with nothing on. 
Okay. No radio, no nothing. Just for me to think and process. Uh You know, I will be honest, that word, the Bible, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever your religious belief is or not, that that's okay for you. But me, I'm trying to do more reading of the something positive. Mm -hmm. Somebody told me you are what you eat. Right. So if you're eating, feeding yourself a lot of negativity, watching a lot of negativity, mm-hmm. that is what your brain will do. Exactly. But if you doing a lot more positive, then that's what it is. And so <laughs> doing a lot and sometimes things don't always go like you think. So that stress yes, yes. <laughs> rises. I have to meditate or grab something or take that ride. Mm-hmm. Now, traveling has become a, a huge thing for me, and I love it. You have to do it on a budget. You right, do, right. so that you're just not balling out of control. But I've made it a point to say that this world is so big, and it's meant to be explored. Exactly. And Candace is going to explore it. As we should. <laughs> as, yes, we should. as we should. So I've tried to say once a year, one overseas trip, yes. you know, yep. mandatory, and then two times a year, something in the States. I agree. That's you know, how I do it. As yeah. Well. See, and I didn't even know that. Yeah. I did not even know that because there's so many places, even within the states, that we need to. Our hometown here, our, not hometown, but our our root, our roots here. We need to be seen. Like I've never seen the Grand Canyon. I have. See, but I was going to go, but then a trip to Mexico. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I had to I, do it. I understand. I had yes, to do it. I understand. And I had an opportunity to go to Aruba earlier, but then. Something else came up. That's how you and I became connected. Right. The Zeta came up. So I, I couldn't miss that. I couldn't. So I had to put Aruba on the back burner because Aruba ain't going nowhere. Exactly. So, but that opportunity presented itself. So I, I had to take it. But yeah, twice a year, I'm going to do something in the States. And then, of course, I do my local. Like I'm over in Chicago a lot, you know, and that brings me pleasure. Just different restaurants. I'm a foodie. It's, yes. I'm a foodie, different restaurants, museums, or sometimes even just taking a ride over there. You know, there's a lot to do. Like it is. It's it's a lot. That's what, like an hour, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, I I enjoy South Bend, too, though. Mm -hmm. I think South Bend is nice. I think South Bend is very cute to me. That whole like you're downtown people. It's funny how people when they're from a community, they don't appreciate it. You know, I think South Bend has a lot of nice things going on. They have a lot of things going on. Yeah. And it's constantly building and it growing. It is. It's building plus. and it's yeah. growing. So, but yeah, that is what self-care is for me. Monthly massages. You know, I try to get a, incorporate a facial in there. Okay. You know, just taking that ride and reading that word. Definitely the word. Yes. Yes, indeed. And the travel. And the travel. And the travel. Yeah, got to do that. You know, you got to, you know, money is one thing, but if you're not enjoying it, what you doing? And you can't take it with you. You, when you can't take none of it yeah. with you. Yeah, so I mean, spend grand, it. You, you can give it to a legacy, but, yeah. you know, you want to enjoy it as well. Let me tell you a funny story. It's what my father said to me, because he worked at NIPSCO. You know, he retired from NIPSCO 32 years, NIPSCO. He, so he did a bid, like he put his time in. But something he said to me, because you just spoke about legacy, you know, he left me a life insurance policy, but I was a, a woman when my father passed away. He didn't owe me anything. Mm-hmm. You know, he took care of me when I was growing up, but he didn't owe me anything. So what he said about the life insurance policy, he said, I have a gift for you. Don't spend it all on bills. Mm-hmm. You know, do something with it. Enjoy it. You know, and I, wow, did I do something with it? Like, why did I do something with it? But, he, you know, he said that same thing. Listen, yeah, I work at NIPSCO. 
but I'm going to enjoy my life, <laughs> you know. I'm going to enjoy my money. He says, I'm not going to make anybody rich, you know. So, and that's what he did, you know. He enjoyed himself. So that kind of, like you said, that resonates back mm-hmm. in my in the back there because we can't take it with us. Exactly. You know, so, I'm, and I'm a giver. Mm-hmm. I'm very much a giver. You know, I feel like, you know, when it comes from the heart, it come back to you times 10. Exactly. So I, exactly. I'm huge on giving also. Okay. Exactly. So tell me, what is non-negotiable for you? Non-negotiables for me is violence, mm-hmm. domestic violence. Because growing up, you know, I was I was very much a fighter, mm-hmm. very much a fighter. And but you, you know, you just kind of look at the the situations that were around you, and you do you you adapt to what you are used to seeing. But then, you know, like I would encourage my children, like, hey sitting back and watching stuff you know when you a little kid and fighting and scratching it's different when you become an adult those fights get dangerous Mm -hmm. and people get stabbed killed you know shot so domestic violence any kind of violence is non-negotiable for me I went through a domestic violence relationship and luckily I kind of got out of it you know it wasn't a good outcome because you know I, I went to jail I mean it was not good but then I had a relative a cousin and she was a Zeta her name is Amana Scott that's my first cousin that was my father's niece she was killed in her domestic violence relationship mm-hmm. so to me domestic violence and it looks so different and then in that uh, creating positive relationships class we try to encourage them at an early age recognizing the signs of domestic violence and abuse and how they can it might you might think oh he jealous or she jealous and cute but it it turns it, does. it it grows it does you know so those are non-negotiables for me domestic violence any forms of abuse i totally agree with you there Excuse so me. what drives you to keep going when it gets really tough what drives me to keep going just knowing that the beat the beat still goes on mm-hmm. it could get tough but you know what the beat goes on like i could sit and wallow and cry and complain but what is that going to do true when those things will still be there <laughs> So it's, you know, it's best to whatever I'm going through, go through it and and still go through it, still Mm -hmm. go through things, you know, and and know that even though you're going through this, you got this to go through, too. So just try to balance it. It, Trials and tribulations. Yes. And this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What has been your most satisfying moment in business? Well, I've had several, like I touched on the first time in real estate, being able to get those first time home buyers in a home. Mm -hmm. The most satisfying moment was when I got that letter for that 501c3. Okay. I did not have to make any corrections, but I took my time with it. Mm -hmm. Everybody has said how that was another, but I got that bad boy on the first time. Nice. So that, that was the most fulfilling moment because now okay now the hard hard work begins after that but that one right there was probably the most blessed moment that I had oh you say now the dream begins now the dream can work yes so nice (laughs) okay so how do you define success success to me is what the people in your circle say and think and feel about you and I'm gonna be honest I think I do very well I do. I think I do very well because my family, I'm an only child, Mm -hmm. you know, but my family, my children, they knuckleheads, but I know that they love me. I know they love their mama. My family, like I said, I'm an only child, but I am one. I have a relationship with everybody. Okay, that's cool. 
you know, mm-hmm. everybody. I have my own individual. And like I said, I think it's because I was an only child. So I was a part of this aunt's family. I was a okay. part of that aunt's family. Mm-hmm. You know, this uncle, my cousin Teresa, she's passed on also. But I have a relation. I have a relationship with all of those families. And that's yeah, that, that makes you stronger. It does. On my father's side, you know, mm-hmm. I have a relationship, and they all respect their Uncle Tony, you know, and I have a relationship with all of them. So I, I think I do pretty well. Okay, sounds like you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you mentioned your circle. So how important is it to have a positive circle? It's very important. And sad to say, you do have to sometimes weed out. Mm-hmm. And some love you got to give with that long hand, you know, um, sad to say. But you, you got to have positive people people who encourage you in a genuine way who don't want anything from you exactly who just want to see you successful exactly and they applaud you wholeheartedly applaud you they genuinely authentic about yes the support. And, exactly. and, and you know I have some people who you, you can tell in the tones you know it's like you know Candace man girl I, I can remember you know yeah. When you went through this, this, and I'm so proud of you. You so blessed. Ask, bringing tears it, to my eyes. I was gonna say, how does that make you feel? It, when it you is. That, you know? It is. But then I have those girl. <laughs> I'm so girl. I remember. You could tell in the tone. Yes. Who is genuinely happy and proud for you, um, and happy, proud of you, and happy for you? Because, like I said, I, you know, I can tell. Mm-hmm. I can tell. So, but yeah, that it, it's it's a good feeling. All of this is really a good feeling. Good. So what would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Time management. Mm -hmm. Time management. (laughs) Yes, most definitely. (laughs) Some organization in the beginning. Yeah, you got to time management. To me, all of that falls under organizational skills. All of that falls, they all kind of tie together. Another skill, um, you have to know your market, know what you're doing. You know, I hear so many people wanting to be in business, but don't want to be in business. Exactly. You know, I'll share this because I put it on Facebook. So I just received my first federal grant after working on that bad boy for five years. Like Congratulations. Every year they would kick, yeah. And somebody just simply said, well, why didn't you just go get a grant writer? I, I told him, I says, well, you know, my thing is I need to know this. Mm-hmm. I need to know how to do because what if I can't get a grant writer? Right, exactly. <laughs> what, what? sometimes they're hard to find because exactly. they're writing other people's grants. Exactly. Or mm-hmm. they, right, they're busy. So I, I felt like in order for me to be able to run this effectively and smoothly, yeah, I ain't going to do everything day to day, but I have to know this business because this is my baby. Right. So I have to know it in order for, like, if something go wrong, I can look at it and say, yeah, see, no, 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 no. This should have been done like this. Right. Okay. So time management, educate yourself, know your market. And the last skill I would say is you have to be, how do I want to say this? Um, you have to have that HR background mm-hmm. because whether you want to accept it or not, your staff, your employees make or break your business. Oh. And you have to be a good 
boss. I don't like to use the term boss because I want to consider the people who work with me as my teammates. Mm -hmm. But you have to have that managerial skill because if can't nobody stand you Mm -hmm. and don't, (laughs) what what you going to do? You know what I'm saying? So you have to have those good managerial skills to make people want to be a part of your organization. Mm -hmm. If another opportunity presents themselves and they take it, they're in tears at the thought of leaving your organization. Exactly. That's what I want. That's the type of employer I want to be. Right. You know, they can't see themselves working for anybody else, but some if something comes along, I got to take it because of the money or the location or whatever it may be, but it hurts them to think that they're going to separate from Anthony Adams House. Because it might be something they're passionate about as well. Yes. But then, you know, you get them jobs where it just feels like home is family. You That's know? exactly the yeah. environment. So, yeah, we have that time management Know your business. Be in the business. Be in your business. Mm-hmm. Like, and then have those good managerial skills. All good skills to have to be a successful entrepreneur. I agree. Yes. Now, who has been your greatest inspiration? Honestly, people would think I was going to say Anthony Adams, um, but my greatest was my grandmother, my okay. grandparents. Mm-hmm. You know, they came from the South, limited education. My grandfather, so funny that you asked that question. My grandfather said something to me as a young girl, and it stuck. Number one, he said, educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Because education is one thing, he says, in this world, well, it, this is the, the same thing. It, it was two things, but it's the same thing. He said, in this world, you may experience a lot, and people are going to try to take things from you. But one thing they can't take is what you know. Exactly. He says, so educate yourself. Mm-hmm. And don't trust anybody. Key. Key. Yeah. So even the people you think got your back. Exactly. They turn on you. That's what he said. Keep, keep a watchful eye. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. Keep a watchful eye. So, yeah. Watch but my grandparents. Listen. Yeah. And, and just watching them, like I said, 10 kids. We Tumka, and it don't get no more countryer than that. We Tumka, Alabama. That is where they were from, a country town in Alabama. And they came up here, got jobs, raised their families, you know, and just watching them too. My grandfather owned two homes. Mm-hmm. He owned businesses. You know, he had a, a mechanic shop for his sons, and he had a sewing shop for his daughters, which back in that day, so you know what I'm saying. Right. He got those businesses together for his girls and his boys. So my grandparents were a huge inspiration for me. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Now, I, I got to give all of my aunts, you know, because I got to say all of them, you know, they were fly. All of them, mother's side and father's side. Okay. <laughs> you know, they, they were some fly women. So they were inspirational to me, too. I mean, as far as dressing and things like that. So. Okay, great. Now, if you were to write a book about yourself, how would you name it and why? Struggle. Struggle. And because there's been a lot of struggle. Um, And like I said, I thank God for, like I said, when I was going through that runaway stage, my outcome could have been so different because Mm -hmm. there were some nights where I was walking the streets, you know, from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Anybody could have seen me, snatched me up, raped, murdered. It could have been so different. But I thank God for pulling me through, keeping me, keeping that, that covering me, everything I went through, you know, teenage young mother, you know, bad marriage, the whole thing, keeping me sane, Mm -hmm. you know, and pulling me through. So that's why it would be called struggle. Okay, very good. So tell me, what is next for Candace and Anthony Adams' house? Now, I know we're going to talk about 
the event you got coming up, the jazz event, but you also mentioned that there's a possible fourth thing coming up. I don't know if you want to talk about it yet, but what's next? I have a, a, a something in the works that will propel the organization to another level. And, you know, I don't want to talk about it just yet, okay. but I, I got something in the works that will, I'll just share this. My goal for Anthony Adams House is for it to be nationally known. So I have something in place that hopefully will do that. Okay. Hopefully will do that. Yeah. You say, right, the vision, make it plain. <laughs> I mean, you've been doing good. Everything. Yes, yes. Everything else is becoming your way. You've been thriving on it. Okay, so what is your definition of a boss? A boss is a person who comes through. First of all, a boss is a person who can come in and smash and smash their goals. Okay. But a boss is also a person who can treat people, even though they may have a boss status, but can still be humble mm -hmm. and treat another person as though they're the same stat on the same level as them. Okay. Not let their ego get in the way. I like that. And remain humble, you know, through everything they do. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to Anthony Adams' house. You have this event coming up. Tell us about it. So our second fundraiser, every year we'll have two fundraisers, a gala and a concert. Okay. Okay, so we have the Smooth Jazz concert coming up November 19th at the Moore Civic Center. Tickets are on sale on their website. They range from 26 to $68, well, you know, the Morris's fee is in there. The reason I chose Smooth Jazz, and our entertainer for this year, i got to give Paul a shout-out, is Mr. Paul Taylor, the bad man with the sax in his hand. So if you, and I gave them, him that name. That is not his name. I gave him that because he's so cold with that saxophone. Okay. If you know jazz, you know Paul Taylor. He's been around forever. And he wasn't my father's favorite artist. He's mine, uh -huh. but my father and I, I enjoy jazz. They would have the jazz festival in Michigan City, and that's something that we always did together. Mm -hmm. So I just decided, you know, let's let's do a nice smooth. And it's been a minute since we've had one in this area, so let's do a smooth jazz concert. Sugar Ray. What I wanted to touch on about that, the reason I chose Sugar Ray Leonard is because he was my father's favorite boxer. Okay. Next to Muhammad, and we know Muhammad has mm -hmm. passed on. But yeah, Sugar Ray Leonard was my father's favorite boxer, so that was an honor that he came down and did that for us. Nice. Nice, yeah. yeah, so, but yeah, we got the Smooth Jazz Concert. Shout out to the Morris. They do so well with their events. The concerts, I do have to share my first cousin. I work with him on a couple of his concerts, so I do have some background in that. And that's how I kind of got into that avenue also, just my experience with him. And like I said, I thought it would be wonderful, another thing to keep some money flowing, another source of income for the organization. So he did introduce me to that that mm -hmm. market so yeah but that is our second concert um, our second event for the year i hope you guys come out and support it it's going to be a really nice night i have a woman from chicago her name is Teresa griffin you guys may not know her but she is a powerhouse she has a voice that brings the house down like she's so awesome and she's going to be they share the ticket but she's an opening act right. mm -hmm. and then i have a guy named um, don red rod thomas he's doing the spoken word for that evening he did the spoken word at the gala his poem that he dedicated to Sugar Ray is now published really yes awesome. that's huge for him mm -hmm. and I was so when he told me that man when put it on Facebook man my heart just jumped he thanked me he said because you know what Candace had you not asked me to write that mm -hmm. 
And he says, I would have never done that. But now that's going to be in like a book of greats or something like that. Nice. So he'll be there also. So he's going to do a poem for the youth, the homeless youth, homeless and runaway youth. And he's going to do, I don't know if he's going to dedicate it to jazz or if it's going to be dedicated to Paul specifically. Mm-hmm. But he'll put together two poems for that night. And then we got uh, the good music band. They're the house band for that night okay. to keep us moving in between the acts. Okay. So, yeah, it's going to be so nice. It's going to be a hot night. So I hope you guys come out and support it. Sounds very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, so we got a few minutes left. So let's go into more details about the services to Anthony Adams' house. Good deal. So Anthony Adams, like I said, we our primary market is the homeless and runaway youth. So the runaway youth portion is a nationwide program. Mm-hmm. It's not county-specific. Okay, so if you know um, Greyhound, they they have a wonderful program also. It's kind of they work with the shelters, runaway youth. They take them to safe spots, which Anthony Adams is like a safe haven. Mm-hmm. So that program is nationwide. If you guys know a youth that's going through that, reach out to our program. Our website is www.aa-house.org. Telephone number 219-214-6505. And one thing about our program, we are not law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So we come in, we're like that olive branch. We, we're that mediator right. to try to keep the youth from going to JDC. That We try to put services in place before it gets to that point. Because like I said, when I was going through that, there was nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. So that was my only option. The homeless portion, we offer financial assistance and casework to prevent the homelessness. So that looks like we've paid utility bills. We've paid first month rent, last month rent, things to keep past due rent. Mm -hmm. So whatever the service is to keep the youth and their families from becoming homelessness, we from becoming homeless, we offer that also. But that is county specific. So that is for LaPorte County. But each county has their own source of funding for that. Well, that's good to know. Yes. So like I said, how I work, a lot of families go to the trustee for the homelessness part. And so the trustee, they're the last option. So what they'll do is they'll reach out to their community partners, which we are one, and they'll say, hey, can you assist this person? We'll do the intake. We'll look at it. If it's something we can help with, we partner with the trustees or even Salvation Army, whoever it may be. We partner with them, say, this is the program we can do. And then they'll say, well, we can do this. If it's something we can take care of completely, then mm-hmm. we do. If we can't, because a lot of times, sad to say, we can't always help everybody. Limited funding. Sometimes it is what the count, what the state says is wasting resources. And what that means is you can't be out enjoying your money mm-hmm. when you have responsibility and ask the agencies, okay, I, I spent $500, but I got a, a $200 NIPSCO bill. Mm-hmm. No, we that, that that sad part, we have to deny those type of applications. Okay. And, you know, it, it just kind of is what it is. But, yeah, so each county has their own source of funding. So if you are on the verge of homelessness or NIPSCO being, I don't know what the utility service is out here, but out there is NIPSCO, disconnect notice or behind on the bill, reach out to your Salvation Armies, uh, your uh, township trustees or whatever the providers are out here mm-hmm. and see what they have. All right, thanks for sharing that information. So, Candice, I want to thank you for sharing about Anthony Adams' house. 
being a resource for runaway youth and homeless youth. Any last remarks? Well, first I want to thank you, uh, Marcy, for reaching out to me and asking me to do this show. You know, I love doing things like this because it gives awareness to the population. Exactly. What is going on? We are experiencing a lot of runaway youth. We're experiencing the homeless market is growing. And so giving me the opportunity to come on here and talk about my program, talk about the other uh, resources in the community, giving some background and letting people know about my dad, Anthony Adams. It's a blessing. It's a blessing for me. So any last remarks? If you're going through something, please don't be ashamed to reach out Mm -hmm. because we do things in confidence also, but please don't be ashamed or feel like you failed as a parent because sometimes it's not the parents also. It's so much going on, the peer pressures that a lot of the youth are experiencing today with the internet Mm -hmm. um, is so different. So reach out. Don't be afraid to seek help and let one of us come in and, and help you and your child. And that number and email again. The number, Anthony Adams House, is 219-214-6505. The website, www.aa-house.org. And my personal email address is Candice, C-A-N-D-I-C-E dot Nelson, N-E-L-S-O-N, at aa-house.org.org. Candice Nelson, Anthony Adams House, thanks again. If you want more information on Women Who Boss Up, you can email me at womenwhobossup at gmail.com. You can also like me on Facebook at Women Who Boss Up. The website is up and running now. It is www.bossup.com. Until next time, everyone take care. Hello, this is Aye from Sticky Spoons Jam. We create unique flavors that are versatile. You can use some of our jams to make drinks, bake cookies, grill chicken, pork chops, even make steak. You can find us online at stickyspoonsjam.com at your local farmer's market. 